Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Chillin' with Ice with me, Lori Fetrick, or most of you know me as Ice from the American Gladiators. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we're going to dive in and go behind the scenes on the number one hit iconic show of the 90s. It's time to get up close and personal on what drove us to be gladiators, what challenges we faced, and how we overcame to reach all of our goals. I know in this first season, inquiring minds want to know, was there drama, fights, hookups? Are we all still friends? What did we do in our personal lives and how are we staying in such good shape years later? Well, stay right here and let's get into Chillin' with Ice. Welcome back to Chillin' with Ice. I have a very special episode today. I did a podcast with Fanboy Nation and I love this podcast so much that I'm going to actually share this as my podcast this week. But don't forget, tune in next week. I will have a very special guest for you that I think you're really going to love. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed doing the podcast. This woman right here has been seen on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. She's been in a bunch of movies. She was on Ellen with Nitro and Ellen DeGeneres, which is a very funny story that you'll have to share at some point. American Gladiator, bodybuilder. You can catch her on her podcast, Chilling with Ice. Lori Fetrick, Ice, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you doing today? Uh, listen, I am great. As you know, I'm also a buddy of Dallas. You guys are far closer friends than I am, especially with the story that you guys shared on your podcast, which <laughs> I'm not going to repl- uh, gonna repeat. You listened to that one? <laughs> I listened to that one. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like something Dallas would share with everybody. Oh, my God. We had so much fun together. I mean, her and I are like sisters. It's awesome. You know, before we get too deep into this, you know, I've heard complaints from other fans. And neither documentary, you know, like, you know, the one that you're a part of with Muscle and Mayhem, the unauthorized American Gladiator story, and then the ESPN 30 for 30, um, no one really mentioned the gladiators that we've lost. Like, I got to meet Hawk several years ago before his passing. Obviously, you know, we didn't use a Ouija board. Uh, Great guy. You know, I never got to meet Siren. I heard she was a sweetheart. You know, Atlas is, is gone. And unfortunately, Thunder just passed away. And Gold just passed away of cancer. So, like, you know, we got to pay respect to everybody that has has gone before us. Oh, absolutely. And, and as a matter of fact, um, on my podcast, I did a an ESPN review. And before I even started the review, <clears throat> excuse me. We went back and I paid tribute to the fallen gladiators that neither documentary did, which I'll be honest, I have no idea why. I don't know why they wouldn't just do that. I mean, we've, yeah, we've, we've lost quite a few, which is kind of like really kind of bizarre. Yeah. Unfortunately, Siren was at her own hands, which Mm -hmm. is very sad. Hawk had a medical condition. Thunder had a medical condition. And, you know, his stems from just all sorts of stuff that once one thing triggers, everything goes downhill from there. So we'll talk about how you keep healthy 
you know. Yeah, um, and, and let's go, I mean, we can go to Thunder for a second. And that is on when I was speaking about Thunder on my review, the one thing they never mentioned in the documentary, which was really sad because I actually did get to speak with her wife, uh, his wife and everything. And it was, um, they never said what a businessman he was, a mentor, he rescued animals. I mean, this guy was really amazing. I know that when we were on tour, he was driving behind the tour bus in his own van with his girlfriend at the time because he was creating a product line, you know? So he was working eight hours a day while we were out, you know, either partying or, you know, training, whatever it was. Thunder was an amazing man. And it was so sad how they did not even remotely portray that for him. You know, it was interesting because the way the documentary showed it was as if he had one of those injuries that Malibu and Sonny had in the first half of season one, and that just triggered all this. But his health issues came long after leaving Gladiators. Yeah, they did. And at the same time, they made it look as though that he was some kind of big drug addict, you know, and that wasn't the case either. Apparently, two weeks before they did that interview, he actually, I think it was either he broke his hip or his shoulder. Um, I'm not quite sure. I, I can't remember at the uh, at this time, but that's why he looks so like you know, unfortunately debilitated. That was two weeks before they came and aired, you know, that thing. It wasn't necessarily from the Gladiator show. So yeah, it's very unfortunate. I mean, you're right. It snowballs, you know, with all the injuries. You know, before we get too deep into everything else, um, you know, obviously we want to talk about are we not, you. Are and we I, not Enough. <laughs> not deep yet you know <laughs> but i do want to go back to the ellen episode which ends up making a, a highlighted moment in your documentary muscles and mayhem on netflix um you know where nitro is cheating on ellen with you and you make reference that he was unnecessary to the uh the episode itself but let's be honest you know i mean financially Yes, I cheat on Ellen, you know, or I cheat on you with Ellen. You know, appearance-wise, it'd be the other way around. Like, I was like, look, I got a sugar mama over here. You know the deal, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so take us through that episode, because that was that was a fun throwback, and not too many people even remember the, uh, the Ellen tie-in, along with everything else that you guys have been tied into. Oh, my God. We were, we were tied into so many, so many television shows. I mean, it was just unbelievable. My very first, and I'll go into Ellen in a second, my very first television show that I did as a gladiator was Who's the Boss? And um, it's interesting because um, when Who's the Boss, it's kind of like it had a birthday party and, and they wanted, you know, gladiators to show up. And so that was kind of like my very first, you know, introduction to television after gladiators. And then it just went on. And we did so many guest appearances on so many television shows. But Ellen was special. Ellen was definitely a special because that was at the height of her show, as a matter of fact. You know, um, and that was just so like so much fun. So going through that, when I read the script and I had to like it showed that me and Nitro had to like kiss and make out, I just I literally just started laughing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I got to kiss Nitro. <laughs> so um, she was a great sport on the show. She was so much fun. Um, but at the same time, it was just, it was the timing. You know, if you think about it back then, Ellen hadn't come out. I hadn't come out. 
Um, and so everybody right, it was kind of like an open secret that everyone just kind of winked at. Exactly. Exactly. It was an open secret, you know, while we're, you know, on set and stuff like that. So that's what kind of made it fun as well. It did. <laughs> I, I told Dallas this. I was like, I seems like the girl that you want to hang with, but she'll steal your girlfriend. <laughs> never, never, never. We're not, come on. It's not that bad. <laughs> Listen, you put Unless yourself on. Not. You know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hey, you put yourself on blast in the documentary, like, hey, they were all hitting, hitting on her, but at the end of the night, so. Uh, it was it was fun. I, I mean, I don't have, you know, people, I always ask this question on my podcast when I'm interviewing the gladiators. I was like, if you could do it all over again, would you change anything? And every one of us say, absolutely no way. We would do it exactly the same way through and through. Well, you know, the tour bus seemed like it was a lot of fun. But it had to have been daunting on your nerves at some point. You know, there's eight of you with one toilet. That's got to be a nightmare. It's funny you go there. I didn't even think about that, to be honest with you. Um, we weren't on the tour bus really that long, to be honest with you. It, it sounded and it made it look like we were on the tour bus for a very long time. Probably out of the six months we were on the tour bus, there was maybe a handful of times that we were on it longer than six hours. So, you know, most of the time we did the show. Um, we got on the bus, we traveled for two, three hours and we showed up at the next city and, you know, rolled into the hotel and that's kind of how it was. But, um, the longer trips on the tour bus, yeah, that was a little daunting just because I think that if you were tired from the show and everybody was in the front of the bus and they were hyped up and they were partying, you tried to go in the very back of the bus to chill and shut the door. I mean, that's where a little conflict every once in a while came into play. <laughs> So let's be honest. It was about as soundproof as an accordion door. There you go. There you go. The, the one thing about the tour bus that kind of freaked me out, to be honest with you, is I am, I am a little claustrophobic. And when I saw the bunks and I saw there was six inches from my head to the top of the bunk, I was like, Ooh, I, I don't know about this. You know, this is kind of creepy. So I had a problem crawling into the bunks. The only time that I did that is we all discovered on the tour, which is hysterical, um, Tylenol PM. <laughs> we discovered it because we realized that'll knock your ass out so fast and you won't care if you're in a claustrophobic place or not. <laughs> that stuff puts you in a coma. Yes, it does. That was like, it was like, remember back in the day, I don't know if you're old enough, but back in the day when they used to make NyQuil. Yeah. With the coughing, uh, what was it? John Panette said the coughing, sniffling, sneezing. How the hell did I end up on my kitchen floor medicine? Yes. Yeah. And then there was another comedian said, you know why they make a plastic bottle? <laughs> because <laughs> after you take your swig and if you fall over, the bottle won't break. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like you're right. That's how Tylenol PM is. Yeah, but um, the tour, the tour was really amazing. It was just so much fun, to be honest with you. I spoke in the documentary a lot about that tour, but a lot of it landed up on the cutting room floor. I guess because of the fact that I was all that footage on the tour was mine. Mm -hmm. Every bit of it. I was the only one. Of course, that's why I was behind the camera all the time. I was the only one that had the handheld camera that videotaped the entire tour. So you're the blackmail artist behind all this. Yes, I am. So I had to, I had to apologize to Laser when they actually showed him on the bus and he was in his skivvies and he was dancing. He goes, where did they get that? And I'm like, I went like this. 
Um, it might've been on my camera. <laughs> and also the stuff that you caught with him and Zap while they had their fling on the road. I know, I know. And it's so funny. Nobody ever talked about that until the documentary came out. And I was just like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, you, know let, we, you did review the ESPN documentary and I, I got to watch that. And you're right. It was the Johnny Ferrero uh, documentary. And it's interesting how he went from Elvis impersonator to somewhat TV guru with, with the first incarnation of the show to kind of dressing and tanning like former President Trump. Like, it seems that he's you know never really had his thing. own, per, his own right, persona. So, so whether or not people hate me or not, so be it. I don't even want to give Johnny credit or even um, props to even, what's the word I'm looking for? Compare himself to Trump. I personally like Trump. I think he's a dick when it comes to like the way he speaks. He just needs to be quiet. He does, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, Johnny, uh-uh. I can't even, I can't even compare him. I can't, he's, he's in another class of his own. I mean, if you want to take the arrogance and stuff like that and kind of compare him to the Trump kind of thing, but nope, not, not, there's no comparison whatsoever. I compare Johnny to a used car salesman and I don't compare Trump to that. <laughs> You know, um, I, whether or not people hate me or not, I'm just an American through and through. And I just, you know, it is what it is. But Johnny is, it's like, he's in a class of his own. <laughs> it, it just seems that his personas over the year have been caricatures of somebody else's persona. And it's never really been who he is. And I don't think he really reveals who he really is. I don't even know if he knows who he really is. How's that? I mean, yeah. we all, I mean, he's extremely narcissistic. So therefore, I mean, how do you, how do you categorize those type of people? Who knows? You know, and Dan Carr seems like a very forgiving person with yeah, everything that I happened. Like no, I don't think so. I don't think I would have. It would be, too, I, I don't. Okay. So what I've heard from, you know, Dallas and Dallas is tight with him. As a matter of fact, is I think on camera, it was a forgiven thing, but, and I don't think he's really forgiven to be honest with you. I think it was all for show. How did it fall apart with you guys with the ESPN 30 for 30 versus the Netflix one? Because it seemed like you guys were all set at one point, you mm -hmm. know, sans contract, that it was a verbal agreement. You guys were all going to do this ESPN one. And then all of a sudden, Ben ends up with something totally different. And I, I like Ben's documentary because it's interesting how, you know, this, was a, this originally started as some like blue collar games. And then ends up on TV in the middle uh, of a union strike, which just the irony is not lost on me on this. Well, it's funny because I heard your interview with Ben and he actually kind of, in a way, gave us props at the same time when you asked him that question. Um, but I have to say that, I mean, everybody knows this. I was, I was the facilitator when it came to that contract. And, and when Johnny called all of us and said, hey, they're going to do a documentary about me. <laughs> we were like, really? You? Because they don't really know who you are. We know it's going to be about the American Gladiators. Okay. So, you know, after the whole long pitch and everything, and he got on the phone and I, you know, the, the last sentence was, so how much does it pay? Oh, there's no pay. <laughs> just, I just kind of like, 
I kind of laughed again and just went, well, here we go again. You're going to make a nice little paycheck and we're going to get shit. So basically what happened is he called all the gladiators and did the same thing. So we get together. And it's funny because of the fact that when people, people try to pull us out and single us out, because when you're a team, that's just what people do. So they'll pull one out and say, oh, well, such and such said this, such and such said this. What people don't understand is we're a whole team. Over the last 30 years, if somebody says, don't call a laser, I'm going to call laser in two seconds when I hang up and go, hey, by the way. <laughs> um, and when Johnny hung up with everybody, we all got together like that and went, okay, so what are you guys going to do? So basically what I said is I said, let me tell you guys something. If you decide to sign this contract and you're sitting on this couch, by the way, we didn't know when we didn't know anything about Netflix at the time. I said, we're sitting on that couch and they hypothetically sell it to Netflix across the world and millions of people and they're going to make bank and you're sitting on that couch and you can't even make your mortgage. How are you going to feel? You're going to be pissed off all over again. So what we decided to do is, you know, we got together and said, okay, so we'll shoot their sizzle reel. We're going to sign a little contract. We had a lawyer that you cannot use any of this footage whatsoever until you negotiate a contract with us. You can go out and sell it, but until you come back with a contract, that's all you have is footage that you could sell, but you cannot use. So they went out and they were like, that's cool. So they did a bunch of little sizzle reels and stuff. But the problem was they never kept in communication with us. Six months went by, no phone call, no email, no nothing. So we just thought the project was dead. And that's when Nitro came along and said, hey, by the way, I've been pitching a story to Netflix and they want it. They want to do a documentary. And basically all of us went, oh, and then he goes like this. And by the way, they're going to pay us all. So, I mean, there wasn't even a question there. We all just went, sign us up, let's do it. So again, gathered the team. But there was a few gladiators that opted to still stay with Netflix. I mean, um, ESPN. Saber, Red Williams, basically he stayed with ESPN because I think what they did is he told me he wanted his own documentary. So basically they might've promised him his own documentary. I don't know, but that's why he stayed with them. Him and Nitro have a little beef as well. So therefore he was like, I ain't doing anything that Nitro is involved in. <laughs> so <laughs> he was out and then... You know, Malibu, we called Malibu and said, hey, we're doing Netflix. And for some reason, he felt extremely loyal to Johnny. So he stayed. Um, Dallas, at that point in time, I'm not quite sure what was happening. But as you see, they only got Dallas and, uh, and Electra. But that's basically what happened. And I think they got Viper, too. Is we have Netflix and they got Viper. Well, we, we, were, more, we were more concentrating on the core team. You know, I call it A-list and B-list. So we're concentrating more on the A-list gladiators, you know, for the Netflix. So that's kind of how it ha happened. You know, they dropped the ball. And if they hadn't dropped the ball, I mean, to be quite honest with you, we might have ended up on ESPN. So unfortunately, that's what happens. And fortunately, you end up on Netflix with the number one docuseries. Oh my God, it's it's number one so far. We're still number one this week. So, I mean, hopefully we can ride this wave out. <laughs> it would be a great thing. You know, I didn't get to go to the original incarnation of the American Gladiators as a kid because I couldn't drive yet. And I went to the 2008 version. Okay. And 
you know, as much as of a Hulkamaniac I was, like I still got the Hulk Hogan workout set from when I was a kid. Like I still got pieces of it. You know, as much as I love Layla Ali as a boxer, yeah. you know, they treated it as if, you know, it's the Rams since we're in Southern California, you know, that's the that you're worried about. And the players are are rotational, yeah. not similar to the UFC or WWE, where, yes, WWE is the brand. UFC is the brand. But OK, Hulk Hogan left and now Bret Hart came in and Bret Hart left and then The Rock came in and then The Rock left and Roman Reigns came in. And if they had done that with you guys, and like what Dan has said several times, paid you a the percentage for merchandising, and at bare minimum scale, the show would still be on the air, and you would have created new people and personalities as you cycled out into retirement. Well, you're absolutely 100% with that. And I was actually speaking with somebody earlier we were talking about Samuel Goldwyn and somebody said oh my god I wish I knew you at the time back then they go because I'm very aware of Sam Goldwyn and I would have told you right up front do not even try to negotiate he's the biggest mogul greediest man in Hollywood his father started Hollywood and there's that no uh what was it uh, no negotiation on your contract whatsoever and his son picked up the same exact you know kind of that's how he plays in Hollywood as well. So it's, I think what it really comes down to what we found out is it's really too bad that the show got picked up by MGM because if MGM didn't pick it up and another, somebody else picked it up, I think there would have been more negotiating power and they would have foreseen that, oh my God, this could have continue throughout the years. This can be like 10, 20, 30 year run. Because Nitro was spot on when he said, this is an athletic and a game show. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. And the fans went crazy about it. But I think it boils down to, we were unfortunately with the wrong company. Which is unfortunate, but it happens a lot. Exactly. Um, with everything that's gone on, you know, and I, I told Nitro this, and I've told everybody this, if it wasn't for American Gladiators, we would have never had Battle Dome which focused too much on characters, but was essentially American Gladiator's light. We would have never had Titan Games, which The Rock hosts, but its competitors against each other via obstacle courses. And we'd never have not only the Japanese Ninja Warriors, but the American Ninja Warriors as well, which is a glorified eliminator. 100%, yeah. So, you know, and then when they try to bring it back and there's nothing American about it, it's black and gray, yeah. it's a dark studio, yeah. You know, there's fire and water and everything going on that like, okay, you fell in the pit. How are you going to be in the next game if it's going to take you 20 minutes to dry off that Lycra suit? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't I, pay for a second one. No, it's, I mean, the production and, you know, you've heard this before. They completely overproduced that show. Um, I actually went and watched a couple of the tapings and I was backstage with some of the gladiators and when I was sitting in the stands watching, I'm the same way. I love Layla Ali as a boxer. Hulk Hogan was an amazing wrestler and he was kind of cool. But when you put them together, they were just completely the wrong host for the whole thing. Because, I mean, I just kept comparing them to Mike Adamley. Mike Adamley never read from a teleprompter. It was all right off his hip. He was like right there. He was an amazing announcer. And when they were reading off the teleprompter and it took them literally an hour 
to do an intro that was only 30 seconds, I was just like, oh my God, this is never going to work, you know? Um, and then Gina Carano was amazing. My God, the MMA girl. But then again, it's like, she didn't have to try out. They just went, okay, we want you on the show. She hated doing interviews. Um, you could tell that she hated doing interviews. Um, as a gladiator herself, um, you could, I think what it was about Gina that I was just kind of like, uh, she wasn't into being a gladiator. She was into being Gina. You know what I mean? It was just like, she was like, okay, it's another job. And I think that's how they presented it to her. I guess so, which is really sad. I mean, I, I like to see the characters hyped up, you know, as far as like being a gladiator and really out there wanting to kick ass and have a lot of fun instead of treating it like, oh, it's just another job. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to fill the shoes of the original gladiators. You know, and if you can't fill the shoes, go get somebody else who's except being here, you know, um, but they overproduced it, the, the black, the dark, you know, it just, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Didn't have the Bill Conti music as well. Nah, not at all. They, I, and NBC just, they just wanted it their own because everybody's like, we're the original gladiators. Why aren't you guys like either coaches or, you know, have like a, a third commentator backstage with the gladiators that might have done a little bit more, but like Dan was saying, well, I was, he was like a consultant producer, but he was never on camera. So nobody's seen him. Um, so that's kind of, that was another downfall. It's like, if you think about it, all these reunion shows, all these things are bringing back. They're bringing back the originals, whether it be the first or the second episode to tie them together. And it makes sense and it works. Mm -hmm. But when you just go, nope, don't want anything to do with you. Eh, I don't know. But like, even with you guys, you brought in Larry Zonka at one point, you know, to, to replace uh, Joe Theismann. And it yeah. added that sense of legitimacy of here's this hard-nosed Ironman football, old school, you know, <laughs> halfback that still, like I saw, a, I saw a little interview with Zonk the other day. And I'm like, my God, this guy's pushing 80 and still looks like he can get on the field and beat the crap out of somebody. I love Larry. Larry was awesome. <laughs> but it added that legitimacy to the show. Yeah. And then, you know, when you put Hulk Hogan in, who, again, I, lo I love the Hulkster, but it's that pro wrestling element that detracted yeah. from it instead of bringing in, you know, either an Olympic wrestler or an NFL star or a rugby player or something of that sort. Well, I'm glad you said that because of the fact the entire time we were doing Gladiators, we were fighting against the entire, oh, are you guys like WWF? Are you fake? We're like, no, we're absolutely real. What you see on camera is like spot. There is no faking this at all. And so all of a sudden we're, we're literally fighting this the entire time we're Gladiators. And all of a sudden they bring in Hulk Hogan. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And, and it was interesting that they hosted, but they weren't doing play-by-play. -play. No, Mike Adamley did play-by-play. -play. No, I mean for, like, the new one. It wasn't even Hulk and Layla doing play-by-play. -play. It was some other guy. Yeah, yeah. and that's what, it was just so bizarre how they broke it down. But here's the interesting thing that I'm not quite sure if a lot of people know is the UK version went through the same thing. They changed their colors. They changed from... Um, being in an arena of 9,000 people, you know, that's how it, they shot in front of down to inside of a studio. So they tried to like do it in a studio. And again, that didn't work over there as well. 
So what it's, it is what it is. I heard they're trying to bring it back again. I have no idea because of, um, apparently I think it was, um, oh my God, who's the guy? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was supposed to be part of it. And he bought the rights. I heard, this is all hearsay. I heard they, that he bought the rights and he was doing American Gladiators. And I was kind of excited about that, to be honest with you, because I thought, okay, well, at least I know that there's going to be some kick-ass looking girls then. You know, he'll, he'll get that. Um, but at the same time, hopefully he doesn't do it over the top, like overproduce it. And then he got into that whole mix up and they canceled him. I heard, you know, his son or daughter, somebody's taken over. So I don't know where that's landing right now. So I don't even know if it's being remade here. By the way, it's being remade in the UK right now. They've already picked all their gladiators and they're shooting it as a matter of fact. Is there a camaraderie between the American gladiators and the British gladiators? What do you mean? Um, I, you kind of broke up. Is there? Oh, I said, is there kind of a camaraderie between you and the British ones? Because although you're American, they're British. You're still gladiators, and you still had that, you know, either American or British audience. But it was still essentially the same show. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, we when we went over to the international show. Um, we all, you know, kind of came together. We became friends. Um, I actually just inter I just interviewed Jet, one of the most popular gladiators over there on my podcast, which will come up next week. But, um, I mean, it's, it, it was just such an amazing time going over there. And I asked her this question and I said, how would you have felt instead of bringing our contenders over there, if we took the best gladiators of the American and the best gladiators of the British and Australia and South Africa, all these international and put us up against one another. That would have been a cool show because it's the best of the best, the best gladiators. And she started laughing. She's like, oh my God, you guys would have annihilated us. And I'm like, probably, but it would have been a great show. <laughs> you know, before we get to Chilling with Ice and the new podcast that you're hosting, which is phenomenal, by the way. And I love Thanks. that your girlfriend came up with the name because it's just so fitting. I know, right? It's yeah. amazing. Sometimes it's the simplicity of it that you're just like, should have thought of this sooner. I know, right? Everyone asks you what your favorite event was. No yeah. one asks you what event you dreaded. And yeah, it's funny. Okay, so I'll answer both of those. Obviously, my favorite event was Powerball. Absolutely loved it. I got to tackle for a living is what I kind of said. Um, I'm also friends with Bob Golick, and he actually said something on his and his LinkedIn. He goes, "Oh my God, you guys got to watch this girl. She could tackle some, you know, better than some of our linebackers on the Raiders at the time." And um, I was just laughing about that. But it's it's kind of like the the theme amongst the, all the gladiators, and that's Human Cannonball. Human Cannonball was the worst event um, ever. Now it kind of comes into play with one other event for me, and that would be. I didn't care for the joust too well. Um, however, I loved being in the limelight up on the pedestals and it was just you and another girl. But I'm sorry, nobody's going to like getting hit in the head because you're, <laughs> you're going to get hit at least once or twice. Somebody's going to get that shot in. It just does ring your bell. It really does. You know, the one that I, and I think you heard it when I was talking to Ben, is Skytrack. That would have been the one that freaked me out more than anything. I never did it. I never did Skytrack. That was one event that I looked up and went, yeah, no, no, 
not going to do that one. <laughs> you know, I think two things, um, two things was I'm, we're in California, we have earthquakes. And I thought of that the minute I saw it, I was like, if there's an earthquake and I'm up there, <laughs> you know, that event and atmosphere, believe it or not, I was like, that was my question to all the riggers. I said, if there's an earthquake and I'm locked in this thing, because they literally came with like an electric drill, you know, and bolted you into this atmosphere, you know, it wasn't just like a little clip clip that you could climb out of, uh-uh, <laughs> to come out and go, and pull out the bolts to pull you out of that thing. So, um, but the other thing about the sky track for me was, again, the claustrophobic. You were upside down and there was only this much room. And I don't know, I think I would have felt dizzy or something. I just, I was like, eh, I don't want to do that one. But like, was there a netting or like the giant pads that they put under you? I was like, no, it's just the concrete floor. No, there was nothing underneath us. So what happens if one of those straps break? Nope, yeah. I'm good. I'm right. Thank you. And that's why I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. never did it but I would say you know the documentary what the documentary going back to that for just a moment um I think what that's really doing for a lot of people is bringing back that nostalgic feeling you know of like when they were kids and you know whether they were building forts or whatever it may be in their backyard and it's that 90s that people are craving now that simplicity mm -hmm. And I think that's why the documentary is also taking off so well right now is I have, I can't tell you how many people are on my social media just going, thank you for sharing. You know, it's like when I was a kid with my dad, you know, they go into the story and everything. So it's just that nostalgic feel that, you know, that they got to bring back and capture on the Netflix version. They could have captured more on the ESPN, but they just didn't go that route. You know, the interesting thing with the documentary itself was people's kids are now going to YouTube to watch old episodes of American Gladiators. And my friend's kids who are, uh, you know, I think his oldest is six or seven at this uh, right now. I don't remember if her birthday just happened or if it's coming up. And like, oh, my God, you know, this looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think we're missing fun. We are missing fun. We are. I mean... It, it's, it's so many people are so afraid of doing things and saying things and building things and trying new things, but the fun is taken out. You know, the fun has been taken out of our society and you're 100% right. Everybody's being canceled left or right. And it's like, well, can't do that. Can't say this. Oh my God, I'm afraid, you know, and it, and it is, and it sucks. And even like the, um, we were talking about like the health and the, uh, the safety factor, of uh, people say, well, that, that show would never fly in today's day and age, you know, because of all the safety issues and you got to comply with this and comply with that. I mean, I remember when they start, they stuck a helmet on our head for Powerball. I was very disappointed. I was just like, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, give me some knee pads and elbow pads and I'm ready to rock. You know, but, which is uh, the same thing that we said in school when they started making us wear helm bike helmets. We're like, really? Do we need these things? Exactly. You know, so, and that's just, I mean, I'm not saying the danger part of it is the fun part of it, but God, when you start getting so, you know, you can't do this and that's going to be safety issue and a health issue, they're taking the fun out of everything we do. <laughs> Here's the funny thing in making you wear helmets, but not pads, because now the helmet becomes a weapon. And in rugby, they don't wear pads. 
yet they have far less concussions than football does. There you go. There you go. You know, I do want to touch on something else since you mentioned Bob Golick, who I never had a chance to meet, which is which is sad. But you know, in it, I believe it was in your podcast, you mentioned you went on a date with Bob Golick. What is it like hanging? Oh my out God! With what Bob? podcast was that? When I was think, that? I think this was you were probably talking, the first or second one. It, I think it was the second one. You were talking to your girlfriend. It was you and her. And is that the one? It was one of them. But you were talking about how you went on a date with Bob Golick, and Bob is not a small man. No, you know, I'm six three, and I know Bob dwarfs me. Yeah, you he's know. a big guy. What is it like, not only sitting next to Bob Golick and feeling petite because you're five seven, so you're not small for a woman, right? And then realizing that you have to go to dinner with this man and just watching him eat because he was still <laughs> in like competition weight. Um, it's sweetest man in the world. I love Bob Willie. As a matter of fact, I have a photo that I sent him because he has a radio show now and he, he does his own thing. He goes, you got to come on my radio show. And I sent him a photo of when I had my very first year of doing gladiators. Um, there was something called the goofy games in Florida at Disneyland. And so he was there and I was there and we have a photo together. We were doing some kind of like, you know, promo piece and it's so cute, but um, that's where we first met each other and just the sweetest guy. But I mean, I don't even know if it was a really a date date. It was more like, hey, do you want to get together for dinner? You know, kind of thing. And it's like, sure, you know, um, maybe in his eyes it was a date, maybe in my eyes, I don't know. But he's he's just, he's. Just, I felt like a little kid. <laughs> That's all I can say. I just felt so small. You're absolutely right. This guy is ginormous, you know? And it was just um, biggest man I ever went out on a date with. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> But what is like dinner with Bob like? You know, it's like, sir, here's the menu. Sure, bring me everything. Like, bring me everything on it. You know, no, I mean, you know, I'm so used to dealing with gladiators at the same time. I mean, these guys eat like animals, you know, like tower and everybody. They're just like, they eat, you know. So it wasn't something that I wasn't used to sitting down next to. Let's put it that way. Okay. So I'm going to start asking these questions, which will probably get you canceled by your other gladiators. That's all right. Go ahead. All right. Who is the biggest prick? <laughs> okay, male or female, doesn't prick. matter. I can't say prick okay. because I don't think any of them were pricks whatsoever. Um, I asked the same question to all the gladiators, by the way. It's so funny. I, but my question is like this. Who is the biggest drama? Um, okay, so I would say Nitro was, um, I can't call him a prick. I can't go there. He's, he wasn't a prick. He was just... He was very, very arrogant on the show. And he was that way off the show as well, you know? Um, he was just very sure of himself. Let's put it that way. So he acted that way. And, and you know. You know, because I was like, it's probably Turbo, but, you know, we haven't heard no, much No, Turbo. not at all. It's funny you say that. I mean, Turbo was more of a shy kind of dude. Really? Because he had that, like, very aloof, you know, looks like he wanted to take your head off and then just... Walk he away from the take camera. Your head off. He absolutely did, but behind the scenes, he was very quiet. He was a shy guy. I think that's why he didn't do our documentary. Mm. And as a matter of fact, the minute the the show ended, he just took off and he had his horse ranch somewhere and just had really nothing to do with us, you know. So yeah, um, but I, I no, nah, I can't call Nitro a prick. That I, there there was nobody on our show that was an actual prick, <laughs> except according to you, Johnny. Except Johnny. <laughs> But he really, he doesn't count as a teammate. <laughs> Could you tell us a siren story? 
You Which know, one? something, you know, something about Siren, because, you know, she passed away far too young. You know, yeah, she, she took her life. I know it was very difficult for her transitioning, not only from gladiators, but post bodybuilding and everything else. And, you know, losing her hearing at such a very early age played so much into leading up to this. Is there anything that, you know, that like comes to mind when you think of Siren that just puts a smile on your face? Oh, I mean, she was just an amazing teammate. She was an amazing athlete as well. Um, we had some great times down in Orlando at the dinner show because she was down there as well. Um, I mean, I I remember that we used to go out after the show was over and we'd all want to go dancing. And, you know, she would... Um, sit by the by the uh, speaker because she could hear the bass okay she could hear that and feel it not hear it but a feel i don't know she kind of had some hearing some hearing but she could feel the bass and so i remember we used to go out dancing all the time and she was just she was just i mean she was a great girl she, she unfortunately she did battle with her bipolarness you know and she battled with being gay at the time you know she really did because Siren and she was with all these guys that were trying to convince her that she was not gay and I know that was a big struggle and a battle with her and so we we felt as gladiators once the show ended and she left and I, I we heard that she left her boyfriends and she had a girlfriend and she was happy we were so happy for her you know that she was living her true life at the time um just Shelly in general just thinking about her brings a smile to my face because she was so she was a she was a great athlete and just a wonderful person. She really was, and it's really too bad that she struggled with what she did. I am having um, one of the contenders on soon. She was also a small gladiator on the tour, um, Kathy Sasson, on pretty soon, who was literally best friends with Siren. So she's going to tell a lot of Siren stories as well on my podcast. Okay, so I'm going to be tuning into that one for sure because I was a Absolutely. huge Siren fan. Yeah, exactly. Right. So of the girls, who got hit on the most and who got the most numbers? Um, God, I can't speak for the rest of the gladiators. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everybody got hit on like crazy. I mean, think about it. We were such in the limelight at the time that everybody was being, I mean, I think everybody was being hit on equally, just to be honest with you. But I will say this, okay? I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk to Erica because after I saw the documentary and she actually said, well, you know, I was hit on by at least six other gladiators, females. And I'm thinking in my head going, six? Who are the six? You know? Because we count three right now. I mean, honestly, Shelly wasn't on the tour bus. I was on the tour bus. Storm was on the tour bus. And those are the only two that I even remotely know that was gay. I didn't hit on you. and I Wait, who was the other one besides Storm. you and Storm? That's it. Okay. On the tour bus. And so that's why I'm just like, sick <laughs> i want to find out who her six female gladiators are that hit on diamond <laughs> well she did deny the bob levy thing well thank god i mean <laughs> thank god she denied it or thank god you, you think he's making it up no i i think he was making it up i i do i think bob was making that up i think it was bob was hoping 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 that it happened <laughs> so on the note of who got hit on the most and who who's in the biggest numbers, I mean, I it I everybody got hit on. Everybody got hit on. You know, I I did see a recent picture of Tower, and you know he is a realtor up in uh, the San Fernando Valley or San Gabriel Valley somewhere uh, up there. Yeah, San Fernando Valley up here. And 
you know, Tower, I'm sorry. I'm a fan of yours. You need a tailor. You know, you look like Herman Munster in the jacket. So, <laughs> <laughs> like just big hulking smile in, in a in a jacket that just didn't fit quite right. And I was just like, I know. If, I know. if they recast the Munsters, Tower is ready. Oh my God, you're funny. Thank you. He's uh he's Just don't trying get to me my ass kicked by him. So he's, he's uh, Steve's trying to keep his weight up. I know that he was competing for a little while, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I he doesn't need to carry around all that muscle anymore. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing good that's going to come out of that right now. <laughs> well, speaking of which, you've all transitioned from bodybuilding and professional sports. It takes its toll. You know, I had so many injuries from wrestling and judo that I gained a boatload of weight, which is not worth carrying. You know, I lost 70 pounds. Let's keep going with all that stuff. You can ask Dallas because she's seen me before. Um, you know, how do you transition from, you know, that bodybuilder mentality? Because most, well, first, before we even get to that, some people don't realize that bodybuilding and powerlifting are not the same structure of sport because the mind-muscle connection yeah. with bodybuilding, you go lighter but closer to failure rather than heavy and with shorter, you know, with shorter reps or I'm sorry, less reps, but longer rest period, you know, how do you, Go sorry, ahead. no. So how do you transition from that mind muscle connection of, you know, six sets to 20, 30 reps to now, you know, let's just exercise to be healthy. I never have transitioned. I'm still there. I mean, I don't, and, and it's funny, you talk about 20, 30 reps bodybuilder. We don't even go that high. I mean, our, usually we'll, we'll do like a, a I want to say a pyramid type of situation to where we'll go 15, 12, 10, eight, you know, as far as reps um, when it comes to bodybuilding. But the difference between you're right, the bodybuilding mentality versus the powerlifting mentality, the powerlifting is just get as big and as massive and as strong as you possibly can bodybuilders it's like okay so how can i fine tune that damn little muscle inside my thigh going up to my groin that is going to show when i actually compete you know kind of thing so we're more when it comes to bodybuilding just really um very mind muscle conscious and yes we we still try to go to i don't want to say complete failure it's more just work in the muscle you know so for me, I never really quit ever. I know some of the gladiators have as far as zap gods, you know, she got into yoga and stuff like that. But I wanted to keep my muscle on me as much as possible because as you get older, <laughs> I found out it does some really fucked up things, meaning like the muscle detaches from the bone and all these fun, stupid shit things to where you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, oh shit, what happened? <laughs> you know? I look back on the glass and I'm watching myself and I'm watching my body and I'm like, oh my God, it's just like, I wish that I could go back and really, really appreciate what I looked like at the time. Because as you're older, it's like you, things change, you know? So I'm still in the gym five days a week. I'm still lifting, you know, separating body parts, arms, legs, abs, you know, I'm doing everything I possibly can to not grow old. <laughs> That's the only thing I can, I can say, you know, eating right, um, exercising healthy. I mean, everybody knows I have my anti-aging hormone doctor, you know, that I go to all the time. And to be honest with you, that plays a huge role, a huge role 
and your muscle connection with your body and how you're aging and how it works. So I never quit. I've never quit so-called. The only thing that I quit is the damn diet that I hated. <laughs> and now I just try to eat clean. Right. Because I think Ronnie Coleman was the first one that combined like powerlifting with bodybuilding. And that's why so many people want to go like that level of mass monster. Nah, don't need to be that big. Just like that's why we tell Steve right now, you don't need to be this big, you know? Um, yeah. But it's interesting because I've noticed as I've gotten older, it's I've never been in the position before of, oh shit, I need to kind of eat more, which is weird. I'm not used to that mentality or even the thought of, oh, I need to eat more. Right. Because sometimes I just get busy and I just don't eat. And that's the problem. That happens a lot, actually. Or the yeah. worst is you haven't eaten all day. Yes. And then you come home and it's like 10 o'clock at night. And then you're yeah. like, I really shouldn't have dinner and go to bed because this is going to have a huge negative effect on my body. And then you do it and then boom, you know. It's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your girlfriend is the one that came up with the name Chilling with Ice. Yes. You know, and remind us of her name if that's okay with you. Oh, April. Her April. name is April. Yeah. You know, how long have you and April been together? And like, what is it like? Was like April starstruck or had no idea who you were? No, we've been together for about 13 years. And I've, I've known April for a very long time. And so that's a, that's a whole nother story right there. But um, she knew me before I was ice. Let's put it that way. So watching, watching the ride, but now she's, now she's here on the ride of, oh, wait a minute, you've become a little relevant again. And people are starting to pay attention to you again. So this part is all new to her, you know? Well, you know, it being new to her, but like, you know, the relevancy thing is always weird because I know so many people that we're always still talking about American Gladiators and how much they love their show, especially those of us, you know, in the younger end of Gen X uh, pre-millennial group. Yeah. And so it was always fun for us, but like, you know, What's it like having been recognized at the top of the world to the show getting canceled and you becoming a regular person again, right? And then like, you know, the, that where it levels off, you know, you're still in the fitness industry, you're a trainer, you're working people out. And then all of a sudden, you know, not only is there one documentary, but there's two that are released in the same month. A, like two or uh, two and a half weeks apart and then it just goes tick and then boom like what's that like um i'm taking it all in it's it's pretty pretty cool and and it's it's how do i explain this it's um okay so like i said you know looking back on the show and going oh my god i wish i would have really like been present about how my body looked at the time because it was, you know, I look back and goes, you know, <laughs> and why didn't, why wasn't I more present? So I think what's happening right now is I'm really taking it all in and I'm really trying to be more present of how it feels because you can't, you can't describe what it felt like back then because the years have went by and you kind of forget, you know, you do, you forget the feeling of what it was like to be in the limelight and people asking for your autograph and you know, kind of things like that. You, you, you do, it's not there. You want to, you want to remember, but you just can't get the feeling. So now it's like, okay, now I just, I just want to sit back and I want to feel it, you know, and take it all in and be in the moment. So that's really where I'm at right now. Is there more of an appreciation for you guys at this point? 
at -hmm. least from you specifically, like before it was grind, grind, grind. And now like you can kind of enjoy it. 100%. There's no doubt. You know, now it's an appreciation of God, I want to do more. You know, there's no doubt. I want to do more. This is something that I have, I've missed. I, I love people. I love being in that light of, you know, either being able to inspire someone with, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it's just that, that whole feeling of, yeah, being in the moment and taking it all in and appreciating everything right now, right here today. So which one of you is most likely to run for office? Let's take Steve out of the equation. Cause Steve looks like he'll probably run at some point. Steve's not political enough to run. Um, <laughs> it's so funny across the board I mean it's like we have we I would say like Dallas we know will cause a coup here's here's what's funny is I would say and this is something that I don't think too many people know I would say out of our entire team there's one Democrat (laughs) the rest of them all the rest of the team is pretty much and here's the thing I don't think any of us with you, we're not political. We're not political. I've never been political. I'd never paid attention to it. I never considered myself a Republican. I never considered myself a Democrat. We're all like, everybody says, and this is what I agree on. We need a purple party. We need the center party because there are things on this side, I believe. I, there are things on this side, I believe. I think that we are pitted against one another. I think it's bullshit. And I think that, you know, I mean, I, I could sit and talk about that all day long. You know, I could talk politics, but I choose not to, because if you do say the wrong thing, people are like, you know, kind of thing. How can you say that? How can you believe that? You know, just like when I said earlier about Trump, it's like, you know, he's this kind of grabber. I'm sorry, but did we forget about the guy in the office that did something with a cigar (laughs) and nobody gave a shit about, you know what I mean? And why they jump on that bandwagon all the time, it's just beyond me. It just blows my mind. And it's just, here's the thing. I mean, I just, I think everybody right now is so sick and tired of the politics. You know, I'm so sick. Everybody's sick of every, you know, the government pitting us against one another. And that's, it's interesting because that's really what they do. That's how they, that's how they make their money. That's how they do it you know, um, and it's just so sad. And, and if more people wake up and just realize that, no, I'm sorry. And I'll say it all day long. Government's not on our side. They don't want to take care of us. They want us to, they, I mean, don't even get me started. (laughs) Running for office. I mean, it's like, and, and pretty much the team can talk about this, believe it or not, behind closed doors, the team can talk about this and it's awesome but there's one that cannot talk about it with the team. Let's put it that way. Okay, fair enough. You know, we'll save that for off the record at some point, maybe later on down the road. Absolutely. No, because I had a conversation like that with somebody and they're like, you're on the other side. I was like, I'm not on anybody's side. I'm on my side. Exactly, you're not on anybody's side. It's like if if you had a middle ground and then sometimes if you say you want a a middle ground, then they automatically go, oh, you're on that side then. You know, it's like, come on. Which is exactly what happened to me the other day, which I couldn't there stop you laughing. Go. That's right. my point. So trust me, I'm going to get shit about the whole Trump bullshit. And I don't care. I think people just have to stop caring right now. My God. Right. They're going to be like, you how know? is this lesbian siding with him? Thank you. Exactly. I'm supposed to be gay. I'm supposed to be gay. I'm supposed to be gay. And I'm supposed to be like the whole Democrat, blah, 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 blah. 
I'm sorry, but okay, I'm going to go here and then you put me on record with this one. I could give a shit. And that is, no, there should not be transgender male and female sports. I'll say it all day long and I'll stand up there with all the female sport, all the girls saying that's bullshit. And I'm just like, you know, so it's, it's not right. Some of the things out there are, are completely outrageous, you know, and it's like, they want to group me into that because I have a girlfriend. I'm like, nope, count me out. Don't believe in it. Not on your side with this. You know, it's interesting that it's mostly the non-athletes that are all for it. Of course. I, I heard some transgender, um, male, females, not quite sure what they are at the moment, but they were like, it doesn't matter if they were a man because they're not stronger. Really? Really? And, and here's my thing about this is I actually went up against, and this is, this is me firsthand. I went, we were on tour and there was a little guy. He was a, he was a, um, a DJ. He's like, I want to joust you. He was probably five, seven. He wasn't, he was maybe 150, 65 pounds, kind of the same size as me. This dude whacked me so damn hard. The strength that he had for a just rung my bell. And I was like, holy shit, I'll never do that again. That was stupid of me, <laughs> you know, thinking that I could go up against a guy, even though he was the same size as me. I'm sorry, they're stronger. They're stronger. And that's just the way it is. And then from the athletic standpoint, just for fairness sake, for example, or logical sake, let's just throw logical. logical. There is no logic. <laughs> Why not two more categories of transition male to female and female to male? What do you mean two more categories? So you have the men's category, you have the women's category, and now you have the transition categories. 100%. That's the way it should be. If the transgender people want to actually compete in sports, they should have their own, their own section. That would be fair. 100% that would be fair. I'm all for that. But don't put them in the, don't put them in the, with the women. It doesn't work. It's not fair. They're winning. As ICE gets called the turf in the comment section from all of this, I found out what that term was like a week ago. I and I was like, I didn't even know what the hell this was till about a week ago. <laughs> you know. So now in riding the wave again and the success again, you know, like, first of all, I, I love Zap, but I didn't realize that she was kind of like an undercover freak. Like all the dudes that like keep hitting on her and all the like the date, you know, she's married now. So that's all obviously off the table. But right. like back in the day, like how many guys were like after her and stuff like that, that was kind of cool now, to find out. What do you mean? What do you mean? An underground freak? Like, yeah, it's always the quiet ones. That. Like, it's always the quiet ones that have like all the secrets. Like, what do you mean? You know, so who did you date? Famous, not famous, like this person or that person. Like on your podcast, she was talking about stuff like that. You know, like, who do I sell I, out or who do I keep it quiet with? I know it's. Ray wasn't quiet. You're like all the quiet ones. Ray was far from quiet back in the day. No, she just makes herself look quiet now. When we were on glide. <laughs> exactly. She's far from quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a very sweet lady. Like I said, I met her a couple of times before and she was very nice. So Zap, Zap yeah. is Zap is awesome. She's an amazing lady. She's got a lot going for her right now. I'm really happy for everybody. Yeah. And then Diamond kind of like hid out of the limelight for a while because i know i think her daughter's a model if i read correctly and then yeah, her daughter's just... beautiful yeah i saw her on my podcast she poked her head in i was like wow that's your daughter she's gorgeous you know and then she sent her home to keep her away from you i get it oh, shut up 
it's not like I'm a cradle robber or anything, for God's sake. She's over 21. That's not cradle robbing anymore. Even though my girlfriend is 18 years younger. <laughs> Look, I didn't have kids. Somebody's got to take care of me when I get old. <laughs> there you go. You got, you got your own in-house nurse from now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So as things keep progressing and everything's on this upward trajectory, you, you mentioned in our pre-interview that you and Laser are doing a public appearance. Have you guys been co contacted by Arnold Classic or N uh, NPC or you know Legion Sports Fest or any of these places that would love to bring you guys in as an attraction again? Well, it's funny because as you're listing them, I'm like, should I write these things down? Because maybe I should contact them. <laughs> I apologize for my dogs. I'm so sorry. I've got like four of them, by the way. Um, At least you're not a cat person, so you're all right. Let me get the cat people against me. Ah, uh, the cat people are going to hate you. I have I'm a allergic. cat. I don't care. Are you really? <laughs> I am. I have one cat, and that's why they're they're barking right now because my girlfriend had to take my cat of 18 years old to the vet to find out what's going on with them. But anyway, um, where were we? Roxy. Chihuahua, by the way. Public appearances For the people and the who body have building dogs too. and everything. Everybody knows that a Chihuahua dog is like very, very yappy. <laughs> and then got scared of all the fireworks last night. And you froze for a second. Oh, I said, and then they got scared of all the fireworks you last night. You are frozen. Uh, so are you. So there we go. You oh, back? There we go. All right. Uh, we're, back. we're back. And I was saying, and then they, uh, what's it called? They all got scared of the fireworks last night. Oh, my dogs are totally cool with fireworks. I don't know why. Because it's I mean, usually the little yappy ones. I know. I know. I'm sorry. What was your question before that? Before my dog started barking? Oh, Do you remember? I was asking about the bodybuilding uh, conferences and the festivals. Oh, and yeah. Stuff like and that. that's what I said. I should be writing them down because my phone's not ringing off the hook yet. So <laughs> maybe I should be contacting these people. Um, like I said, the documentary came out last week and, you know, my social media is blowing up, um, my Instagram, my TikTok, which is awesome. My YouTube channel's growing really good, but at the same time, yeah, give me, send me some personal parent people because I'm on it all day long, but yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I got to get this thing going tomorrow, grab my list and start sending them out to everybody. Yeah, because Fit Expo is coming back to Anaheim in, in August. They were just in LA a few months ago. So like. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. So it's just a matter of trying to really get in contact with these people and say, hey, we're, we're here. We want to come to your show. <laughs> yeah. It, what would be great is like, by the way, go to like Fit Expo, Legion Sports Fest, all these places, Olympia, because you will never get so much free protein like you do at these conventions. Like they just like, we went to one and mo the monster people, uh, you know, uh, I don't have a sponsor for monstership. I don't care, but like they were just handing out cans of protein shakes. And I was just like, Dude, I don't have to go to the store for like six months. And I, I remember when I went to the fit expo one year here in Los Angeles, I came back with this ginormous bag of like samples and you're right. But you know, what was interesting is I would say half of it were all these energy samples. And I was like, well, that's gotta go. That's gotta go. That'll give me a heart attack. That'll give me anxiety. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to start contacting these people if they don't start, you know, just as much as we possibly can. I'm sure nitro's on it. That guy talks to everybody. Yeah, um, he does. Um, but nitro is nitro is nitro. Nitro keeps to himself, you know. So if he 
I'm sure if he gets anything, it's for him, you know, to where it's kind of, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, that's true. Um, a lot of us, when we're doing personal appearances, usually they always want a male, female or give us another gladiator. So I'm always, you know, grabbing different gladiators and sharing the events that I get booked for. I don't think Dan, I don't know, maybe Dan does that. I'm not quite sure, but, um, so far we have heard nothing from him. So. <laughs> you, you should have just put him in body scissors and cracked his ribs on a date that never happened. And that would have been the end of it. Yeah, that was all it. Yeah, that was that. That was interesting. And I love that in the whole documentary. She's like, oh my God, he fabricated this whole thing in his head. <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds like you guys are still having fun and the connection that you have with each other after all these years hasn't dissipated. And that, that seems what, you know, the most interesting aspect to everybody. Well, and it is true. I think the, the documentary now we film, we actually did the filming for the documentary a couple of years ago. So with that being said, it's kind of like we have all tried to keep in contact on some level, you know, what's happening in the, in the industry and what have you heard? What have you heard? What have you done? You know, can we collaborate on something? Um, but what we really, want that yet and somehow we got to make this happen is get all of us together and have a reunion in one room this would be if if one event could hire like i know that there was a fan expo in denver and they did a saved by the bell reunion that's what they need to do with us you know somebody needs to hire all of us bring us in for one reunion it would be a cash cow i think because all of us would be sitting in one spot and they could have a program. And I even thought about actually doing this and going around the United States and putting this together is grab all the gladiators and just do some of the events. And, you know, I don't know. I think it'd be a great idea to have some type of reunion. Oh, you know, let, let's put it in those fit expos and see what goes down with that. You know, I'm sh I don't know if the fit expos is the actual right convention though. I think it would be more of what is called a fan expo because the fan expos are the nineties expos. You know, I think the fitness expos are more for the bodybuilding, the fitness, the physique, the bikini models, you know, stuff like that. I don't think they'd be so interested in gladiators, to be honest with you. I think it'd be more of the fan expos or the comic cons. So like nineties con itself and then like yes. LA comic con and stuff like that. Yes. 100%. Those, that's our genre. That's where we need to go. I dig it. Maybe nineties con. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's right. just it together. Since you are a woman of a certain age, yet still lifts like she's 23. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what one body, one exercise per body part could you not give up biceps <laughs> no 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 for like each body part so like you have you're only going you're stuck with one total body routine and you have to do one exercise per body part what is the one that you could never give up that has to fit in this routine god i don't even know one exercise per body part what like could I, I give up yeah, like Mike O'Hearn, like if he does chest, his big thing is incline. So like he wouldn't give up incline. Somebody else wouldn't give up, you know, flat band. Somebody else wouldn't give up decline. Like I actually listened to your your your. It's interesting. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna segue for a second. I actually did listen to your Mike um, Mike O'Hearn interview. I was gonna have him on my podcast. Um, he looked like a hard interview. I don't know. 
we we had a hard out on time because it was the film producers. Okay. But uh, Mike's a really nice guy. Yeah, no, he is. He is. I've been trying to get him on my podcast. Um, okay, so what can I, I give up? I don't know. I don't really care when it comes to, I, to all body parts, to be honest with you. The one thing that I could do without, let's go there for a second. Um, if I never had to train legs again, I, I wouldn't. I mean, honestly, because legs take everything out of me. Uh, my favorite body parts to actually train are shoulders and arms. Um, I don't train chest anymore. Um, back, but yeah, I don't know if there's really one that I could, you know, do without. I mean, I don't, I'm not that much of a stickler when it comes down to my workouts. Because <laughs> okay. there are people that are like that. So that's why I always, oh, ask. I know, I know, definitely like, like Mike O'Hearn people, for instance, yeah. 100%. And, and Mike's, a, Mike's a good guy. It's just that the producers had a hard out on the time. So we didn't, huh. we couldn't go even more in depth. I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm also trying to get uh, Corey Collette on my um, on my podcast as well. I know him from the gym. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's a pretty big celebrity um, trainer and everything, and he looks awesome. And when I was working in Burbank, he goes, "I'll do your podcast. I promised you I would." And I said, "Thank you." You know, now that you live <laughs> in the valley, so we get out on all the training. Pardon? There you go. I was going to say, now that you live in the valley you know, is it easier to get more acting roles at this point, you know, because that's where the hub is, or are you trying to like, you know, just worry more about fitness and being ice and having your own podcast? Honestly, I love the acting industry. The acting industry changed so much when COVID hit. I mean, it literally changed the acting industry because every audition is on Zoom now. Zoom auditions suck ass every actor in the world will tell you they suck ass. Um, I tried to do even acting classes online when COVID was here. That was a joke, you know? Um, so when it comes to, I mean, I love acting. I, I, I want to still focus on that industry. As a matter of fact, here's a small little story. I don't know if I've shared it too much, but um, I was auditioning quite some, you know, quite a bit, you know, all the way up until COVID hit. And I got an audition for Glow. And I waited for about a month and I called my agent. I go, what's, you know, what's going on? And he called me back the next day and he goes, okay, so here's the deal. They didn't want you for that particular role that you auditioned for, but there's another role for you that you're perfect for. And it's for a series regular. Are you ready to be famous again? I just, I mean, I just lit up and went, are you kidding? Let's do this. I'm so excited. A week later, COVID hit. And it shut everything down. And I kept waiting for, you know, the everything, all the restrictions to lift and all that. And, and they just, I, as you know, they just canceled the show. And I was so bummed because a person like myself, when it comes to acting, there are only particular roles. I'm not like the soccer mom next door that somebody's, gonna, you know, put on their series, but there are, are specific roles. I hate to say it, but like the roles that Gina Carano are doing. You know, I could so easily do those roles, any kind of action movies, any kind of badass movies, put a gun in my hand or a knife or whatever, maybe those are fun. Those are fun roles. I could be the villain if need be. So um, acting is still a passion of mine. I still want to, you know, I'm still trying to play in it, but the Zoom, the Zoom are, they're just so hard to do, you know, the uh, Zoom sessions. But um, my podcast, yes. Um, podcasting, Absolutely found a passion for it. Love it tremendously. That's going to really seriously continue. Um, and there's a couple things, 
that are kind of happening that I'll talk about later if they happen. You know what I mean? Who knows? Hey, you got to keep up with those NDAs. <laughs> right. <laughs> what would you tell 11-year-old Lori today, if you could, about what to expect in life? Oh, um, be patient. I don't have a lot of patience. Um, be patient, be present, enjoy the ride. Um, don't stress too much because it's all going to work out. How's that? <laughs> I dig it. You know, in the documentary Muscles and Mayhem on Net currently on Netflix, the number one docu-series, we got to keep plugging that. Yeah, right. There, there is a moment where Tower is talking about how he made a wish come true for, for a kid. Oh my God, just prior right. to passing. Jesus, that'll bring a tear to anybody's eye. Yeah. You know, have you had that level of impact yeah. on anybody? I might have, but I've never been in that situation before. <clears throat> so I couldn't even speak to it, you know? I'm sure that I've had some, I mean, I, I've, I've heard stories. I've had people write me, you know, on my email, social media, like, Hey, this is what you did for me. You know, being a little girl growing up, giving me the permission, you know, to be who I wanted to be. Thank you. Um, things like that. Yeah. So I know I've had a great impact on, on certain lives, which is just, that's, I mean, if you can contribute to life in any way, then you've done your job. I dig it. You know, I, I did want to ask you this since we, we were talking about this just briefly. Um, in modern film, you know, when they make the female the strong woman, she's always posturing having to announce being a strong woman and <laughs> always has to almost like, you stupid man, you should know better. Yet with the gladiators and with the women like you that I grew up with, you know, like my parents are immigrants from the Middle East. So I, I've known strong people my whole life, you yeah. know, <clears throat> and then, you know, you guys with your physicality and, and your and your builds and, you know, these bodybuilding builds and powerlifting builds. You know, we never saw the women as less than it's just that you were being able to be strong and sexy at the same time. How do we get back to that without the posturing? I don't know if we can. I mean, things have, times have changed, you know. Um, I don't know if it, the world's changed so much. Hold on a second. April, grab Simon, please. He's in here crying. Can you hear him? A little That's bit, but it's all right. Too. <laughs> Come get him, please. He's in here crying. He wants out. I know, that's okay. Um, but I don't, I don't think we're ever, I don't think we're going to get back there. I just, I don't see it, unfortunately. I think everything has changed, you know, and it really, I don't, I don't know if it's changed for the better. I mean, the simplicity times, like we talked about briefly before, or the, um, I don't think they're there anymore. I don't know. You know, just you because think? I, I think at some point, some catastrophe has to happen where men and women stop butting heads like this and go, okay, yeah, we actually need each other. Come on. It's always going to be the male dominant world. It's the world we live in. I, I don't understand think that, but I'm saying like the, the constant butting heads of like, you. yeah, I know that. <laughs> right. But the hatred for each other is kind of, you know, kind of has to die down. Um, did you say the hatred for one another? 
together? Yeah, because I see, like, this is Southern California. We see so many, like, men and women in relationships with each other, and they just hate each other, and it's this visceral cat and mouse thing. I don't know. Isn't that just life, unfortunately? Unfortunately. I mean, it's like, it's like I, I never read the book, but it's like, you know, men are from Mars, women are, you know, whatever that book was, and I think somebody probably hit the nail on the head. We're just, we're two different people. Our hormones are completely different. We're, you guys think about, you know, what I'm going to eat. Got me here. <laughs> um, sleep, eat, and who am I going to sleep with? You know, that's pretty much the three things on your mind, you know? And, and how to make money. Okay. Okay. We'll go there. You know? So what would you say the top thing a male thinks about on a daily basis? Is it food or sex? Depends Person. how old is he. <sighs> okay, so we'll go from uh, zero to 50. Okay, so now it has to be broken down a little more. So like, let's oh say, my God. we'll say like 13 to 35, it's sex, then food. Okay. And then like 36 to 50, it's food, then sex. Okay. When and that's while working. What's okay, that? and when does money come into play? Money is always into play is money because third. you're using money to either try to get food or sex. That's true. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. You're either going to buy sex or you're going to, you have to have the money to get the hot girl to have sex. <laughs> right. You know, like I need the Corvette to get the girl that's going to sleep with me. Exactly. Or I'm hungry and I don't have the girl, but I got the Corvette. And I'm going to go have dinner with my friends. So I need the money for food. Like, That's well, think about how simplistic, the simplicity of that, you know, now let's go to the female side. It's like, you guys overcomplicate you, everything. Feelings. See, that's, that's what it is. And that's why there's a constant, there's a constant this, you know what I mean? It's hysterical. It's just the way it is. You know, and like you I, just got to roll with it. You just got to roll with it. It's just something that happens. You just got to roll with it. Like I saw, like I saw this meme today and it's like male privilege, you know, you can wear the same suit over and over again. And, you know, no one, no one harasses you for it, but women can't wear the same dress. And the response was no straight guy on the face of the planet will ever care if you wore the same dress twice. That's other women getting mad at you for wearing the same dress over and over. It's funny. It's, it's funny the way the world is, you know, and there's some things you're just not going to (laughs) change. And we don't care. We don't care. Exactly. I think, I think I think women are getting to that point, though. Believe it or not, I think women get to the point of we just don't care, yeah. you know. And and that's really what it comes down to. And uh, I'm going to tell you one more thing on that, though. Okay. We don't notice when you trim your split ends. All right, like you have to get a full-on haircut to go from like middle of the back to like where you are now at ear level for us to even notice. And most of the time, we probably won't because we think it's in a bun or a ponytail. That's funny. Now, are you a, a more of a man or a body man? A more what, what? Do you, what do you notice first on a female? Their body or their face? Which angle? Are they walking away or are they walking <laughs> towards me? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that because it does matter. <laughs> You guys are simple. That's all it comes down to. It's just we simple. are, but like we all, we also notice like how fashion somehow has become a political statement. Like glasses initially were like, 
I need glasses to see. And that's all they were there for. And now it's become this political statement of, oh, I have Wayfair rims with clear lenses. Clearly, you know what political side I am because I'm wearing a beanie too. I'm like, really? Like, Okay, well, think about it if you really want to go there. I mean, I was gay before it was cool to be gay. Right. Okay, everybody, obviously, it's like, for some reason, there was a weird jump on the bandwagon to be gay. <laughs> but it happens every 20 years. Like, it happened in the 70s, it happened in the 90s, and it's happening today. It's just, it's, it is the way that, yeah, you're right. The world goes in the, in the cycle, into the roller coaster, and what was out is now in again, and it'll go out and it'll come back in again. You know, we're not, we don't have too much of imagination. <laughs> no, not really. We just keep recycling shit. <laughs> in the 80s, we wanted the 50s. In the 90s, we wanted the 60s. In the, 20, in the 2020s, we want the 90s. 100%. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. So it, it's just middle-aged people, you know, missing the bands that they listened to when they were kids. We all want something we don't have, right? Right. Well, you seem to have quite a bit, though. You I, got a girlfriend, you know. Very... Yeah, yeah, I'm very content. You know, I, 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 I don't have it all. Nobody has it all. I mean, I'm, no, nobody I'm has happy. it I'm all, very, but I'm very know. happy. I'm very content with my life. Yes, I got an absolutely amazing, beautiful, wonderful girlfriend um, that I can't say a lot of people, they don't have what I have. And I know that, which is I'm super thankful for that I love. Um, I mean, financially, I wish I could be better. Mm-hmm. I think everybody could, but I mean, you know, I have a beautiful home and everything is great. But at the same time, it's like, like yeah, yeah, it'd be nice not to worry, you know? Um, and I think that's a lot of people and, you know, living within the means and, you know, things like that. So yeah, always striving to be better. I dig it. I, uh, I'm going to let you go from the, from the interview, but we'll stick around for a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, I want to chat just a little bit off the record. Thank All you. right. Or you can end up moving next to Dallas and Florida and like kicking back. I've already lived in Florida. Screw that shit. I'm done with Florida. (laughs) Uh, Give people a reason to watch Muscles of Mayhem this week to to keep it at number one going into week two. Oh my God. They're going to see so much. They are going to be transported back to when they were in the 90s having a great time, whether they be at parties, whatever it may be, the nostalgia, they're just going to love it. There's so much action. There's so much behind the scene footage. Every single person has watched it, has sent me something like, oh my God, I absolutely love this. I had no idea, blah, 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 whatever that may be for them, you know? So definitely go and watch this. It is a great documentary and listen to my podcast, Chilling with Ice, because what happens is with Chilling with Ice, I'm interviewing all the gladiators. I'm getting more in depth. So what you see on just kind of like the tidbit of the surface of the of the actual documentary, I get on a little deeper in my podcast. So that's where definitely listen to both. And remind everybody about the Patreon, what specials they get with that, and what days the podcast drop. So it's every Tuesday. Um, my podcast drops and it's across the board. Wherever you listen to your podcast, it's dropped. I do have my YouTube channel, Chilling with Ice, and all my all of my um, podcasts are on video, so you get to see everyone. My Patreon basically uh, it comes out. So in other words, if you're a real diehard Gladiator fan, boom, the Patreon you get to see it a week earlier. So in other words, what's dropping on a Tuesday 
for my Patreons is a brand new podcast, but the public won't see it for another week. That's one of the levels of my Patreon. You get an autograph photo session. Um, you get basically communication with the Discord with me personally. Uh, you get, um, oh, the bonus. I actually do bonus um, episodes with the Gladiators. I do rapid fire bonus. So that's also on my Patreon. Uh, so if you get to, I believe it's the $9.99 a month level, you get to ha uh, listen to all the bonus content with the Gladiators. And that's always fun. So there's so much more. There's so much on my Patreon. So yeah, check that out. It's Patreon slash Chilling with Ice. I dig it. And then your socials got to follow you on TikTok, Instagram, and everywhere else. And that is Lori, L-O-R-I dot Ice dot Fetrick. And that's F as in Frank, E-T-R-I-C-K, or just type in American Gladiator Ice. It should pop up with all my socials. Awesome. Lori Fetrick, also known as Ice, thank you so much for today. It was a long time coming, and I'm thrilled I finally got to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, I gave you shit for not having me first, but it's okay. <laughs> Blame Dallas because she said you wouldn't do it unless there was something to promote. She's so full of shit. Look, I didn't promote anything. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I will promote something. I have a t-shirt line. It's called Ice T-Shirt. So it's I-T-E-E -E shirts. Hell yeah, I'm going to promote that. All I've right. got Chillin' Ice t-shirts and I've got my OG Gladiator hats. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Ice. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.